what's happening? Welcome back to all of the Giant Contra for the Robot Podcast. I'm your host, Desi. Desi is dead, Robinson. With the bestest of the bestest, the Damon Lama writer, Christopher Ventura. Ew! Ew! <laughs> oh, you was going to finish? Ass. All right. <laughs> like, seriously. I honestly wasn't sure what you were referencing there. Have you not seen Beetlejuice? Oh shit, man! It's been so long since I've seen Beetlejuice. I didn't even make that connection. I know, and like you have to. Oh, am I, am I gonna say it three times? Ah! ah, ah. <laughs> All right, Beetlejuice. Now, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's just get this right off the bat. Um, yesterday we were hit. The world was hit with a heavy blow. Um, our fictional king, King T'Challa, one chat with Bozeman, has passed away at the age of 43 due to colon cancer. Um, he brought to life a character that we've been wanting to see forever in the big screen. I'm sorry, Wesley Snipes, now everybody wanted to see Blade. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> I it, was, it wasn't as culturally significant, let's say. I, for one, like everyone else, wanted to see Storm hanging out with uh, Black Panther. Dude, for real. Now that the MCU got the X-Men back, but unfortunately, um, life happens. And seriously, fuck cancer. Um, yeah. We found out that back in 2016, he was diagnosed with colon cancer give a his brief history and he filmed 21 bridges defy of bloods civil war endgame infinity war and his own movie black panther back to back um he was in the process of doing a samurai film as being the when you learn in history and i looked it up it was actually it actually true it was a lone black samurai named yosuke um i would that would have been Holy, that would have been awesome to see. I think I know exactly which one you're talking about, and I, if it's the same, if it's the same person that I think you're talking about historically, that person also has ties into the uh, to the famous sword maker that is referenced in the Kill Bill movies, the the actual Hattori Hanzo. Oh shit! If I'm not mistaken, if I know if. If it's the same person that I, I'm thinking you're thinking of, the the black samurai who was um, who was in Japan, in actual feudal Japan in like yep. the 13, 1200s. Yep. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that dude was actually trained or um, brought into like the, the the teaching of it. Yeah. Um, that's what the, that was going to be his. That was going to be was going to be his next film. Um. I hope whoever picks up that role, um, know to bring the same level of gravitas that Chadwick Boseman has done in every role he has done. Even if it was Jackie Robinson, James Brown, Thurgood Marshall, definitely Thurgood Marshall. Um, he has brought a level of gravitas, humility to these roles, and to make it seem like. These are just everyday people that you could probably meet on the street. Um, even though some of these are historical figures. Um, 
we're just we just one of the many few uh, fans out here um, who are wishing our condolences to his family and friends, and to all you Marvel fans. You can see him all the time on Blu-ray, DVD, and Disney Plus. There's our there's your plug, Disney. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just a little humility, just some humility to put into this. Um, there's no way to easy to transition out of this. Um, we do have a quote from Chadwick Boseman that's best best um, saved towards the end. Um, but he uh, he not for nothing brought a brought to light uh, a very <clears throat> a very needed uh, a, a very needed message. You know what I mean? He 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 brought he brought the the I don't know how to say it, man. I, I think I said this better before, but yeah. point is, we're we're very we're very lucky and very happy to have been able to enjoy the work that he put out into the world, the 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 levity that he gave us, and the effort that he put in, especially unknowing to the rest of us, um, just even how physically demanding it is to be able to film something like a Marvel movie where you have to be in top physical shape while also going and battling through cancer is is in, it's insane when you think about it it's 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 impressive but it's also very indicative of how much he cared about the projects yeah and we'll just leave you off this quote before we get into the next um, to our next topic and this is off of civil war death is not the end it's more of a stepping point um, stepping off point there you mm-hmm. go Mm-hmm. So thank you again, Chadwick Boseman, for what you've given us. Thank you very much, my son. Good man. And now to transition out. Believe it or not, this is our record. <laughs> record. record. Yeah, this is take two. Take two. Um, we. They don't happen often, people. <laughs> normally, we 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 started off strong until we got interrupted. <laughs> So, lady, if you hear this in the record, um, and uh, <laughs> just let's just say you're the one who met, you threw us off. We love you, but you threw you. Well, I love you, but you threw threw me off. Seriously, you threw off the groove. <laughs> <laughs> but um, she did say not to go on to her first topic. Um, we're not gonna go too in deep on it because we super annoyed by it. Resident Evil's getting a TV series. But it's not based off any of the games. It's in, we don't know why Constant Films did this. They did it before with the Paul W.S. Anderson films. Hence why we got this listener comment. Please do not let it be Alice 2.0. What that means is... Alice, <laughs> Mila Jovovich character, is an original character that was tested on by Albert Wesker. For this Resident Evil TV series is going to be on Netflix soon. Well, not too soon, but soon. Wester's going to have two twin daughters. But the show's going to take place in two different timelines across eight episodes. And the main timeline is the two twin sisters in New Raccoon City. Learning about their father, Albert Wesker's secrets. While in the second timeline in the near future, there's only 15 million humans left. The rest are all T-virus zombies 
with a few um, hybrids running around. And the main character, one of the main characters, is now a 30-year-old woman roaming this new wasteland. Mm. Wait, did you say 15 million left? Yep. Wow, that's a little bit. Yep. And like, it sounds like a big number, but in perspective, next to like what, 65, 70 billion people? Yeah. Holy shit, that's a, that's a lot less. Yeah. Now, if this sounds familiar, it sounds like Resident Evil Three. Kind of. Like after after two, we got to a desert wasteland. <laughs> like this. Like thing, almost Mad Max esque. Like pre like pre Borderlands esque type of shit. <laughs> um, like there was characters like um, let me see, Mike Epps was in it. He he lived up to the to that third movie. <laughs> um, Which is more to say, more than you can say, has sometimes for Mike Epps' character. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jill Valentine was in the movie. Um, her romantic interest, Nicole Veras, into becoming Alice's romantic interest. <sighs> mm. Um. Resident Evil 1 had Michelle Rodriguez. Oh, that's right, huh? Yeah. She played a... Hell, all of Resident Evil 1 was all original characters. There was no Barry Burton. He didn't come in until, what, Resident Evil 5? Like... Damn. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's right. Man, it's been so... The Resident Evil games themselves, like, I've played them, but I haven't, like, gone and replayed them, so it's been a while, but I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think it was around 5 when he was introduced, right? Yeah. And then here's the, here's the fucking kick thing. When they finally introduced Chris Redfield, he disappears, and we get Leon out of nowhere. Right. And then he's killed off off-screen. Dude, what the fuck is with these off-screen deaths and shit where it's just like, hey, here's this character that we know that you guys care about. Oh, by the way, they died like three scenes ago and we're just now telling you about it. Or like, um, everyone was like, Ada Wong is finally in the movie. Dead. <laughs> was. Claire, I mean, Claire is in every fucking movie. Not Nothing, nothing against the actress who played Claire Redfield. It was like... People wanted Chris Redfield, all right, and Jill Valentine. Nobody didn't give a fuck. Well, technically Leon, Chris, and uh, Jill. Nobody didn't technically give a fuck. But Allie Lauder, by by the time we got to the last one, nobody really uh-huh. gave a fuck about Allie Lauder or Claire Redfield anymore. They just yeah, they, that's true. they just totally like. That's even though <laughs> the. Do you know how much Resident Evil has accumulated altogether? How much? Are you talking about just the movie franchises? The movie or... franchises. The movie franchises has accumulated over one point two billion dollars. So it making constant films a, a lot of money. Mm, no wonder they keep pushing them out. Yeah. Uh, so. But again, I do really mean pushing them out. You know, it's not necessarily like a hey, let's make this because we want to make the best movie possible. That, that, that kind of went out the window after the first couple. Yeah. Um, it's more like, hey, people really like these, and they're like, like, let's make all the effects for them. People like these. Let's not care that much as long as we like keep on brand 75 to 80% of the time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is our listener request. 
on Resident Evil the TV series, this gets a hard pass. It's like you, like nobody, like they they read the room constant films. We have two remakes that came out back to back, and everybody well three was kind of ho hum, but everybody wants those as TV shows, not mm-hmm. this made up generic all white people crap. I'm sorry, I'm just. The, I'd give two Philly fucks and two tears in the bucket about no um, two twin girls and their um, OP power father who you have to shoot in the chest with a fucking rocket launcher then drop his ass in the volcano. <laughs> and that's just Resident Evil 6. Uh, sometimes I really fucking love video games, man. <laughs> <sighs> this is the easiest transition ever. New Mutants. <laughs> New Mutantes, tell me what you got. All right, so we have um, we said in last week's episode and on the giant on the Night Owl show that we would be not reviewing this movie because we did not want to risk our lives. Right, Even and I mean I'm pretty sure nobody's gonna be like, oh fuck you guys for not going to the theater right now and telling us what the movie's like. Well, there are some people who really don't give a fuck. And um, now I say the safe bet: if you're gonna go to a movie theater, go to a drive-in. But, that's your that's your best option. But hearing the price for a drive-in, fuck, that's thirty five dollars for a drive-in, and on top of that, it's not even fucking close. You gotta go to the fucking Rose Bowl. To see Dude, you gotta go to Pomoda. That's um, Rose Bowl is in uh, Pasadena. Gotta go Pasadena, which is what I meant, but for some reason I said Pomona. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm like. Damn, and I, I remember. I think Sony. I think when the Sony's fucking up in um, Culver City. Never mind. I t- cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, We're doing it live. Keep going. <laughs> no, no. I'm just saying. Um, I was gonna. But I must cut that. I was like, oh, you know, scra- like kind of like. Right, let me let me take a step back because that's not even close near us. Um, you figure like Lakewood, Long Beach. Hell, Compton has. I know Compton has areas. I know Lakewood, Linwood. We have. There's areas where you can legit do drive-in theaters. Now, yeah, there's like. I think the closest one to us would be what the Santa Fe one, technically. Yeah, uh, like thirty-five dollars. Yes, there's an upside. You can bring in your own food, but still, thirty-five dollars. Yeah, yeah. See, that's exactly why I'm gonna put all my friends in the trunk of my car. Like. Fuck, and then on top of that, I'm still pissed. The last fucking movie I saw of 2020 was Star Wars. Mm. <laughs> oh my god, I'm trying to think. I think that was the last one I saw in theaters too. Now that I think about it. I'm not happy. I'm Damn, not happy. wait, what? No, I think I went after that to something. What did I see after that? Did Shit, you, okay, it's a conversation later. Did you see Birds of Prey? I did not, no. Because whatever it was, it wasn't. I know it was, we. That, I know that legit. The last movie we all saw, you, both you, and me, and my brother, was um, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, and I, I think you're right, dude. I don't think I went to the theater after that. Damn, man. It's like it. It, it feels like that moment, you know, where it's like at some point in your life, the last time you come inside from playing outside as a kid mm-hmm. is the last time, and you don't even know it. I feel kind of like that right now, where it's just like, damn, I wish I would have gone to see a movie that was more worth it. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right, back on to New Mutants. Um, New Mutants, their reviews is um, kind of mixed right now. Um, I, I don't have Rotten Tomatoes up, so I don't know the, the current score for New Mutants, but I do know that some people said it's okay, some people said it's okay but forgetful. Um, you have the creator, Bob McLeon, M-C-L-E-O-D. Bruh, I, I, somebody. McLeod? McLeod? Maybe. Or McLeod, depending. Yeah. Um, uh, most of you consider his, um, he co-created the New Mutants, which would be Danny, Wolfsbane, Sunspot, Magic. And Cannonball, um, he had a problem with um, Sunspot. He is of Latin descent, but he has more darker skin tone. So think more Latin Native American, or um, or um, someone who is from maybe Puerto Rico or Cuba with a more darker skin color. But he is mm-hmm. of Latin descent. Um, okay. He said nothing against the actor who is of Latin descent, but he's still on the lighter side of it. He said he intentionally made him darker. So he's like, you don't see a lot of dark-skinned Latin people in comic books in the first place. I mean, I'm I'm honestly okay with that when I hear it. Just because it's like, all right, well, if you don't change the, dis- like, necessarily the descent of the character, yeah. there's, I mean, to me, as uh, only speaking as a half-Mexican, half-Peruvian mm-hmm. guy, right? Yeah. It doesn't It doesn't seem like that big of an issue to me, only because... Like, in every freaking Latino region, there are a multitude, a range of colors in people and skin pigment. Like, I know I know Peruvians who... I know some Peruvians who are darker than some black people. And I'm definitely not one of them. Like, you know, the, the spectrum goes pretty much everywhere. So if you, if you keep the descent, and you're just like, hey, this is still a Puerto Rican, or this is still, like, a, a Latin American, Native American uh, person, mm-hmm. but for the movie, it's a darker actor than what was in the comics, to me, that doesn't necessarily upset me because it's like, all right, it's just that actor is specifically darker to me. Um, but as long as they're not trying to make it like a like a token shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, for Danny Moonstar, um, he felt... Um, now, when he said her hair being braided, most people are taking it out of context. With that, what I see it as... And I have a friend who who is Native American. Their the braiding of their hair and what they um, inlaid in their hair deals with the tribe that they um, that they're with. And mm-hmm. I do believe by not having her having a good representation of her tribe, showing her like like her transition from a young woman to a woman, that would correspond with her hair and her being connected to her tribe. That is not indicative. They, they, in the reviews, they have not shown none of that according to her character. She's only Native American in name. So I was like, okay, that's that's culturally kind of... Yeah, it's like, mm, okay. Um, magic. Now, a lot of people has a problem with that. Uh, like that's a little, it's a little affirmative action vibes, but let's let's see. Um, for magic, um, if you hear her name Rasputin, she is the sister of Colossus. Um, they do not explain how she goes from um, Russia to the U.S. in the first fucking place. 
Or, um, and on top of that, she doesn't have, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy is pulling the Scarlett Johansson um, route. She's Russian in name, but not in tone. We, we, we accepted it with Scarlett Johansson, so we can, it's, it's all right with um, magic. But she's, um, she's, she is a good guy, but she has a more antagonistic kind of a role to her character. Think Judd Nelson in The Breakfast Club. Mm, okay. But she's saying shit to the point like you want to kill yourself. So it's a little bit of a mixture of uh, Judd Nelson and what's her name's character, the best case. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm like, that's not. Ali Sheedy? Ali Sheedy, I think, right? Yeah. But I'm like, that's not Ileana, though. I mean, yeah, she, she could be a smart ass, but she's not that kind of antagonistic kind of. Like, I wouldn't want her in my X Men team. I wouldn't want her in any X-Men team magics like that. They say she's badass. Nah, that's good, but still, that's, that's, that is that's that is 100% changing the character. Um, they said Charlie Hayden plays this character. It's essentially, they're not 100% like how they're portrayed in the comic books. And that's that's fine because this is a horror-type setting of a movie. Um, no, I have not gotten spoiled. I have friends who told me to wait, so I'm not going to spoil it. I'll only tell you what I read from the article from the writer. And also, Fox kind of fucked up, and Disney could not fix it. They misspelled Bob McLeon's last name by putting MacLeon. No. And that's something you cannot change. So they technically credit it to someone else, not to the real co-creator. Okay. And now more stuff has came out over New Mutants. One, Josh Boone has deactivated his IG account. After oh, I heard about that. After harassment, as soon as people started seeing New Mutants. And this report came out. Um, we got this by way of GameSpot. New Mutants. There's that wonderful. Yep. Um, New Mutants almost featured an X-Men character in the surprising role. In the original treatment of New Mutants, had a complete dis- uh, it's a different version of Storm, and not everybody is very happy on this one. This is why he was attacked. Sh- this shouldn't be the reason why he was attacked in the first place. Yes, this is a stupid way what they was going to do to Storm, but here we go. Disney New Mutants, they ain't really calling this Disney's New Mutants. If I was Disney, I would have called it Fox New Mutants. Just really dug a hole in that. Um, is finally hitting theaters this weekend, albeit after a hefty delay. Um, and also, before we get into it, the delays didn't come from the Disney-Fox merger. It literally came from Fox themselves. So, um, that, that that is actually true. Fox did not like what they was getting, while Josh Boone wanted to do it a different way. So, it was literally between the director and the studio. Disney just got it because they was in the middle of buying out Fox. So, this is, I hate to say it, and I know nobody don't want to hear it, this is not Disney's fault. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, dare you, how dare you make me shift the blame away from Disney? I know, right? <laughs> I, know, right? I, felt, I felt like I'm getting the bag of money from Disney right now. Y'all can't see it. Um, I'm now a Disney shill. Disney is my number one provider. Oh my god, I think I can see the mouse ears from here. Now back to the article. (laughs) 
Uh, Josh Boone first foray into superhero movies, and the movie has taken some weird turns to finally make it into theaters. But most of the surprising thing about it might be the role of one um, recognizable X-Men who had been played by um, played, according to a new report by Vulture. So according to a Vulture and other various unnamed sources, um, the report says that the initial 2015 screenplay draft written by Boone and collaborator um, Kenate Lee failed to deliver the kind of vivid drawn teen drama that the filmmaker had pitched to the studio. Boone had Boone has said he was drawing inspiration from 80s teen classics like The Breakfast Club, but, cited, but nothing was clicking. One of the biggest changes, though, was the treatment of Storm, a classic character and an on-again, off-again leader of the X-Men. And, um, and now in New Mutants, Storm was envisioned as more of a sadistic jailer who enjoyed torturing the New Mutants. Mm. So yeah, I get, I kind of get why they cut her out then. That is fucking stupid. Yeah, like, what's the fucking point of that? Why would you do that to Storm, who, like, of all, like, what? I think to me, that sounds like an executive that watched Apocalypse and mistook a lot of shit. Yeah. Um, it felt like the kids were being tortured if the X-Men are holding the young mutants there. It can, it can feel different from the mental furniture that the audience bring into the theater knowing that the X-Men are good guys Storm like made like that made no sense this is from an exec it was like that makes no sense you so you like the X-Men is yeah, that... the good guys and you want to turn them to bad guys forcing them to stay in the match like that is stupid yeah that's like <laughs> that's like saying alright in this one they're gonna be fighting against Professor Xavier because he's dissecting people's brains and eating it you know what I mean? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And technically, they was going to get Alexandria's ship to return to play Storm. Oh, God, no. No. Mija, no. Like, we, like, out of all the new X-Men films, she was great as fucking Storm. Are you just going to ruin Yeah. Her? Yeah, like, the fuck? Um, so, I'm pissing me off. Um, <laughs> That's ridiculous, dude. Like, I'm glad they made that cut. Yeah. Now, the past few X-Men entries has been less than stellar to both fans and critics. Last summer's Dark Phoenix was considered joyless and, ab and abysmal and had a calculated loss of $133 million. When factoring expenses and revenues, Apocalypse, while a financial blo um, blockbuster, failed to hit failed to hit with critics, and had a 47% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. That's just Dark Phoenix. Damn. Um, Boone um, has yet to confirm or deny the radical change. It's far from the first time something like this had happened in the X-Men franchise. Both Deadpool and The Blob had completely different origins and mannerisms from Wolverine, um, Wolverine Origins. Angel in Apocalypse was a cage fighter, and of course the whole timeline... Um, of course, the whole timeline with Havoc. Um, that, those sort of changes here. Now, also, um, Alice Braga, who's in New Mutants, um, her character, uh, Dr. Reyes, she's a good guy in the comic books. She's a legit good guy. And they still did that Storm storyline, but with mm -hmm. that character. Mm -hmm. And she technically had mutant powers herself 
Okay. And they did. I'm like, I'm. I was like legit on the side of fucking new mutants, and then just getting all these stories and information. I'm like, fuck this movie. Like every other X Men movie. Like we just. We it's just the movie. newest X Men movie to suck. <laughs> like. When I was watching Apocalypse, I was like, you made Angel into a cage fighter and you kill him off at the end of the movie. Yeah. Like, Storm is the only person who gets redemption. Not Archangel. Like, what the fuck? For whatever reason, like... Um, Psylocke. Like, like, what the fuck? Like... <sighs> I can tell you 100 ways they could have redid new um, Apocalypse. Instead of Apocalypse going for known X-Men characters, they could have got the fucking... They could have introduced some a group that has never been done in the X-Men film. The Morlocks. Yeah. Oh. We wouldn't need Magneto in this fucking movie. You could have just, like, it could have been more, the Morlocks with Apocalypse versus the X-Men. And the X-Men gets these new mutants... To join them, Angel, you know, Nightcrawler, mm-hmm. and Psylocke. No, we didn't get that shit. You know, that's an interesting point. I feel like, I feel like that might also be part of the reason why these X Men films keep failing the way they do. It's like they like whereas most, for example, Marvel movies, even though you're keeping certain central characters, you're introducing new characters and you're trying to introduce new storylines. Mm-hmm. Whereas it feels like, it feels like with all the X Men movies, they're just trying to. He's trying. They're trying to prove why you should care about these characters that everyone doesn't care about in the way that you've portrayed them already. Yeah. To the point where it's just like, stop trying to fix what you fucked up already, and why not show us some new shit and get that right? Yeah. And it just now the whole thing with Havoc. I have my own. I, I like Matthew Vaughn. I really do. Him and I keep forgetting his um, co-writer's name. She. Mm. She written majority of all of Matthew Vaughn's movies, even Kingsman, one and two. Um, she did one mm-hmm. um, called Layer Cake with um, Matthew Vaughn that stars Daniel Craig. Mm-hmm. Dude, if you want a good mystery caper, watch Layer Cake. Um, Matthew Vaughn's Layer Cake with um, Daniel Craig as the lead. Um, it has Serena Miller um, in the movie as well. It is really good. My brother got me onto that movie. I wish I had it. I wish it was on fucking Blu-ray. It is a really good mystery. And he does break... Um, just to give you fair warning before you get into it, Daniel Craig do breaks the fourth wall. Oh, okay. Um, it's, a good, it's a good mystery and a good... Um, also a heist caper as well. Okay. And I'll check it out. And there's two different endings to that movie. I just... Just give you a heads up. There's two different oh. endings. Okay. So I want you to. That's your homework. You go and right. watch it, and I want you to t- tell me what end, which ending do you prefer? Where Where could I find such a movie? Layer Cake is out there in the world because I can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I usually let me look it up for you right now. Um, but what are you, your thoughts um, now? Before we get to where to watch it. Um, their um, GameSpot's review for New Mutants is it's not the worst entry in the X-Men franchise you've ever seen, but it's not likely to be the most memorable memorable one. Mm-hmm. Oof. 
Dodges. Oof. Yeah, that's a that's a big oof. Um, now to watch it, Layer Cake, you can watch it on Pluto TV for free. Oh, okay, cool. Um, it's on Vudu for ninety nine cents. Yeah, but it's on Pluto TV for free. Yeah. <laughs> It's like I I'm I am that guy. Like yeah, I'll just watch it where it's free. True, and yeah, like the only downside is you're gonna be dealing with um, commercials every now and then. Yeah, but I'm. I mean, for those of you who know what I'm talking about, R.I.P. Kiss Anime. So you'll probably know what the fuck I mean about like having to. It, it was worse than I've I've dealt with worse. It's okay. <laughs> Some commercials is not that big a deal. Yeah, true. Okay, all right. I I I, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> um, Jane Goldman. All right, there we go. That's her name, Jane Goldman. She did not write um, Layer Cake, but she did write Kingsman. Wow, she has weird hair. I legit kicked her. I clicked on her IMDb. <laughs> um. <laughs> She's oh she's married to Jonathan Ross. If y'all don't know who he is, he's on BBC. He has his own talk show. Um, when there was still a Comic Con, he would be a um, a panelist. Um, yeah. Wow, and her hair is bright, a reddish pink. Okay. <laughs> she, she has written Kingsman: The Golden Circle, X Men: First Class, Kick Ass, Stardust. Um, Kingsman, The Secret Service. Um, Who was she in Stardust? No, she written the movie Stardust. Oh, written. I was like, wait, what? No, sorry. She's written, she co-written, um, The Woman in Black, and she Uh also wrote the script for Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Interesting. Um, she's also written something for X-Files. Oh... (laughs) Nice. Did you know X Files? Speaking of X Files, is getting an animated series. Oh really? Yes. Um, it's all the cases that Mulder and Scully, even Mulder, feels is too goofy to take, so they give it to an Albuquerque um, branch of the FBI X Files branch. <laughs> so it's going to be a more comedic take. I'm like, I seen two episodes of Star Trek Lower Decks. Uh-huh. That had me laughing. Dude, if you want if you want a good like audiobook recommendation off of something like that, you might want to check out um Red Shirts. It's a whole it's a whole book. It's like it's a totally I think it's like a seven hour audiobook. Mm-hmm. But basically it's like the perspective of the red shirts in the in the lower decks and it gets really meta. I think it's something you would honestly like appreciate. Okay. Because it also has commentary on like the ridiculousness of like Star Trek as a plot line, but um, but hate, it's very not, much. Let's not hate on the Trek though. No, 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 no. But it's very much written by a fan, is what I mean. Um, speaking of Star Trek, like I guarantee you, it's probably something you'd be into. Now that I think about it. Speaking of Star Trek, before we get to Mulan, Chris Pine has expressed interest to come back to Star Trek. Ooh, okay. Alright, Chris Pryan, look, you are younger than Zachary Quinto. Zachary Quinto is almost 50. I'm shocked when I found out about that. 
Oslo. Wait, he is? Yeah. Oh no, that that makes so much sense. Just because I remember him in Heroes, and then I saw him in Star Trek, and then I was like, what the fuck? Like, he barely looks like he aged. Yeah, so Zachary Quinto is almost 50, which is kind kind of, in a way, is kind of similar to how uh, uh, Leonard Nimoy was almost in his 50s when he was a Spock. Mm, so, and Zach, yeah. And Zachary Quinto legit said there's only, there's only so much action movies he can do. Yeah, yeah. So, Chris Pine. I can respect that. Yep. Make up your fucking mind, because Zachary Quinto is already knocking on that door. No more doing action movies. <laughs> like, but I mean, to be fair, remember when they make the made the later Star Treks, and it was definitely like the actors a lot older. But here's the thing, though these are new. These are modern day action movies. Stallone was running is still running the gun, and he's almost ninety. I don't know. could pull off a movie where they're more of speaking roles and not that action heavy if you do it correctly. True. Um, I would appreciate a movie like that, especially in a Star Trek format, because why does every Star Trek format have to be, like, running and lens flares now? I know. They're trying to it doesn't... Up. I'm sorry, go for it. They were trying to keep up with modern action movies. Yeah, modern but I think... Movies. I think that's why I, pre- I appreciate shows like The Orville so much right now, because even though it's a more comedic take of something, mm-hmm. when I watch The Orville, I weirdly get the same sensation of, like, of when I was watching Voyager or Deep Space Nine or something like that. It's a lot more comedic, but the way that they structure the episodes, the tone of it, the like the 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 dramatic nature of like some of the more interplanetary like relationships between humans and other like non humans. Like that kind of fantasy is what I remember from Star Trek and you don't get that from the movies whatsoever. Is the Orville still on Hulu? I think it is, yeah. I think it still is. Because I stopped watching after the two-parter when they was um they stuck on that planet and had to fight their way out. Yeah, I think I remember that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I stopped. But it's still on. It's still interesting, honestly. I, I'm, I'll, I'll get back on it because the actress who was in it, who left the Orville, she was um, mm-hmm. Dazzler in X Men. Dark Phoenix. Oh, that's right. But one scene, we've been asking for Dazzler and Jubilee. Right, you ruin Lana Condor. You you like relate her to as a background character, and you do the same thing with Dazzler. Dude, how does every episode devolve into hating on X Men? <laughs> right now, DC is on my okay list. Right now, they're on my okay list until we start watching DC movies again. Yeah. After Fandom, they're they're back in okay graces. So for right now, for right mm-hmm. now, like it's to the point where I'm willing to. Split HBO Max with you. I I think I I agree with you on that right now. Now I have not seen Birds of Prey. I know my brother owns it, and I know right after we're done recording, because he can hear me literally right in the room next to me. He's like, you know, I own it. I know, motherfucker, you own it. I just don't want to watch it right now. Yeah, dude. I saw a VFX breakdown on like, or actually stunt breakdown mm-hmm. uh, from Quarter Digital. Shout out on YouTube. And oh. there was a there was a um. A scene that they broke down, like I hadn't, I haven't watched the movie yet, but they broke down a fight scene from Birds of Prey, and as they played the scene originally, and then started breaking it down, I was like, "What the fuck was that? Like, what? Like, what the fuck was that scene, dude? Like, it what makes me really it? nervous to watch the rest of it. Oh, so it's bad. <laughs> like, it looks really fucking weird in certain spots. Like, 
and then and then just the court like the choreography of certain things it's just like okay they're putting in like point 110 percent in this like what the fuck i'm <laughs> not going for special effects and all this stuff now, no i'm just I'm talking gonna... about fight choreography in general i'm man. just saying well here's the thing kathy ann is not known for doing um action movies yeah, it's fine, but you could tell that they didn't even really have like a stunt coordinator really I'm go not, through the scene. I'm not really gonna like. Anyways, the anyways. Corridor crew, they 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 are yeah yeah. I I I that that's some of my favorite content on YouTube. I ain't gonna lie. Like but, I, I love their channel. <laughs> but I want to see Journey Smollett's um, Black Canary. I want to I want to see Mary Wiz Weinstead's interpretation of um, Huntress. Um, yeah, I already know, right off the bat. I don't like what they did cause, with Cassandra Kane. I don't. Um, I already know what happens to Ian McGregor's character. I already know what happens to Black Mask, and I'm that's the only reason why I don't want to watch the movie is because I, I don't mind spoilers. It's the fact that characters do you want to see in the future in the other DC movies? Perfect example. Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying. To, it's an, it's a spoiler for the both of us, but it's not going to be a spoiler for the audience who watched it already, though. Oh, okay. I'll in what franchise? In in Birds of Prey, this is what happens to Emir Gregor's character in Birds of Prey. But to yeah, um, just tell me, just tell me. He gets killed, killed off. Okay, it's I could imagine that. It's indicative of those old um, Spider-Man movies, X-Men movies, where you kill off the a villain that's a reoccurring villain. Like Doc Ock or something. Yeah, and there's like, and then you do a franchise like, oh, we could have did this with Sinister. You killed off Doctor Octopus, motherfucker. That's why you couldn't do a Sinister Six in Spider Man Four. Yep. And this is before um, Lady Octopus, Doctor Octopus came um, into fruition. Like, I think her creation was like sometime. Ooh, I want to say twenty. I want to say twenty twelve, twenty thirteen. Like and this also predates in um Spider Verse where we got to see, um a a female version of Doctor Octopus. Hands down, I would have if MCU does this, I would not be mad. Give me the Doctor Octopus from Spider Verse. Yeah, honestly, that was really cool. Like I I I did not weirdly I did not see that coming. Nobody did, and that was the, like when even, I first watched even, it. Even Spider, like even fucking Spider B Parker was like, "I did not see that coming." <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was honestly really good. And then it's just like, you know what? I want to see more of that character specifically. But like Spider Sense kept on going off though. He's like, he was like, he didn't see it coming, but he felt it coming. Yeah, um, that's a very that's a very Peter Parker like moment. Yeah. <laughs> Like, where it's just like, he can feel it, he just doesn't know where, and then when it does, it's like, alright, I knew this was gonna happen, but I'm still fucking surprised. Like, and that line, um, Captain Han voices, um, that... Oh, she did so good, she did so good for that. She, she, did, she did, that line, she said, my friend, I, uh, I think it was Olive, was her name, she was, was like, uh -huh. friends call me Olive, but you can call me Di I was like, that is the best line and reveal of any comic book movie of all fucking time. Yeah, that was that was that was probably one of the highlighted moments for me from that movie for him. Like her reveal, then the snap. 
The only reason yeah. Snap gets number two is because there's no real Infinity Gauntlet, and I can't snap people in real life. <laughs> uh. <laughs> anyway. See, these are the moments that make us really appreciate these movies, man. Yep. Because it's like those are the moments where it's just like, damn, dude, like that's that's a really good ass moment. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Disney. Well, we're still on Disney because technically, Spider- technically Spider Verse will be coming to. Even though Spider Verse is a Sony movie, there is a possibility we could see Spider Verse on Disney Plus. Possibility. Mm. Yeah. But wait, isn't it already on Disney Plus? I don't know. I know. The... I thought it was. Because I know, like, a shit ton of Spider-Man stuff is already on Disney+. Plus. Majority of it. Yeah. But, Mulan. Now, currently, right now, you can purchase it for 30 bucks on Disney+. Plus. Oh, it's it's out already to be purchased? Uh, going down, going down, going down. September 4th. Ah, okay. So soon. You can get it for 30 bucks, and you'll own it. But just wait three months in December, you can watch it for free. Oh, okay, I'm waiting. So this is your public service announcement. Just wait to December to watch it for free. Um, this would be my first live action Disney remake. I have not mm-hmm. bothered to watch any other um any of the other ones because I have I don't blame you. I, actually, here's the thing, and this is publicly known. I don't give two Philly fucks about Disney animation movies anymore. Mm, mm. Because and see, I, this is the only reason I don't bring them up. Because <laughs> I nit, I do go back and nitpick. Like before Nerds Against the World ended, I went. We all went back, and I nitpick at every single Disney movie, minus um, Disney's Robin Hood. I'm not gonna. That one is one of my favorites. <laughs> It, it really is. That is my only favorite Disney animated movie. I'm not it's a good one. It's a good one, honestly. Yeah, and there's no Disney princesses in that one. Everyone makes sense. The kids are not annoying, even though they're all animals. The kids are not annoying. It's it, it's the best. It really is. It really it's is. the best. It's, on top of that, it's the Jungle Book characters minus Robin Hood, who's a fox, and Maid Marian is a fox. It's yeah. Jungle Book characters as Robin Hood characters. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so oh, dude. Like in the Jungle Book, um the animated Jungle Book is the only two that I actually like. The only fucking two. Actually Alright, definitively, here's the only Disney films that I actually like. Robin Hood, Jungle Book, Tarzan. And Those are solid ones though. And Hercules. Yeah, those are... See, okay, so you like some Disney movies, dude. You just like the older ones, which is fine. I don't like Aladdin. Yeah, I get I get that. Not every, not everybody does. I don't like The Little Mermaid because she's a fucking 16-year-old child who's saying she's oh. an adult. Yeah, no. I remember re-watching that scene, and she's like, But Dad, I'm 15! I'm like, what the fuck? Get the fuck back in your room! You think you're gonna go up top and get married to some fool? No, fuck that. Like, um, like you're 15. <laughs> Mulan, the reason I don't like Mulan, I had to read the grim. I read the grim fairy tale of Mulan 
and the actual historical history of Mulan. And yeah, it's super whitewashed. Like, yeah, yeah. It, what happens to her is horrifically bad. Yeah, it's and it came out in 1998. Yeah, let, let's just by, say she became the, the emperor's concubine. Let's. I was about 13, 13, 12 years old when Mulan came out. Can you imagine a 12, 13 year old who had to read that and didn't have the go see Mulan? Right. That fucked me up in the head. That's why I would never like Mulan. Yeah, no, Mulan, Mulan had its own controversy when it came out, which is why this one supposedly is a lot, has a lot changed to it. But that ending, though, is definitely changed, though. Oh, for sure. Um, now, the only thing I actually like out of Mulan, I mean, come on, who does not like, let's get down to business. Oh, yeah, Donnie Osmond, come on, man. The Huns. Now, there is a Jackie Chan version. Yes, he sings the Chinese version, right? Oh yeah, it is. I'm sorry, it's more epic. It's so good. It's, it's so good. It's so fucking epic. <laughs> because he was an opera singer, man. Like yeah, he knows know. he's got his training. I know. I know. I know it's about Jackie yeah. Chan. I seen. No, I'm just saying. Box. I'm. I'm saying for the audience, if they don't know, Jackie Chan is a classically trained opera singer, and and, uh, and uh, what is it? Martial artist. Uh, martial artist, but no, um, acrobat too. Like, he was in, he trained, like, in the Chinese circus or something like that. I'm trying to remember. You know the guys that, like, jump through the rings yeah. at different stacks and stuff? Yep. Like, he was trained for that. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, we're not going to we're not gonna go through this whole episode shitting on every Disney movie. But we could. Well, I'm not. Oh, I, I, I was just, I was moving on to the Love and Jackie Chan part. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm ending off the, um, the, top, the Mulan topic. So... Essentially, just wait till December to watch it for free. Um, just know right off the bat, there is no Mushu in this movie. Mm-hmm. So all those reports about Kevin Hart playing Mushu, no, that's that's untrue. There is no Mushu yeah. in this movie. So, there you go. And majority of the actors that are in Mulan are, in, are also in Ghost of Tsushima. Nice. So, just to give you that. <laughs> Um, now we're into the realm of video games. <laughs> we have finally made it here. Um, this episode is moving very smoothly today. I, I, I think so. We And guess what? We're only 50 minutes into this episode. We're not even a full hour in. Oh my goodness. <laughs> ah, this is a new one for us. Hell, we might end up finishing we're, early. We might. Yeah, we, we might actually be on time for once. I know. Wow. Wow. Now, wow. <laughs> I might watch that program. I legit might watch that program for that. Oh, <laughs> dude. That's, that's not a bad idea. That, that <laughs> animated series needs to be greenlit. It legit needs to be greenlit. Just I would, I would love that so much. Just don't put it on HBO Max. <sighs> no, it's not. It's not even Invoke the Beast. I will punch in a fucking wall. Right. You're gonna t- you're gonna temporarily change your name to Brad. No, I'm gonna t- change my name to CM Punk because I'm gonna find Walter Hermada. You know what? We're not gonna shit on DC movies, but I will <laughs> say this: I should not have to turn on the brightness for a fucking movie. Thank you. <laughs> All right, DC. Looking first. at you. Looking at you. Episode two of season eight of Game of Thrones. Like Jesus fucking. Now, Mass Effect Remastered Trilogy, you have heard, you heard us talked about it. 
And the speculation has been ramping up even more and more, especially we coming close to N7 Day, which will be November 7th of this year. Mm. Now, according to Game Rant, yes, puppies, Game Rant. <laughs> they can't believe it. A Mass Effect trilogy a remastered Mass Effect trilogy is looking more likely than ever. Plenty of Bioware fans are looking forward to N7 Day. Um, in the hopes that the studio will formally announce plans for the project on on the uh, on this gamer holiday. Um, however, fans will be wondering if the remaster will address one of Mass Effect's most controversial plot points: the ending to Mass Effect Three was widely panned both critically and by fans. So, mm-hmm. every if y'all don't get this, um, if y'all in the know. I don't need to repeat it to you guys, but for those, if you're not, the ending to Mass Effect 3 was so controversial, this was the one time critics and fans were together on something. And yeah, they were agreeing, I remember that. And this is not on the level like Star Wars, where it's literally critics versus fans, or fans versus fans. This was like legit, like no, there was no definitive way of like, of Bioware to to even like, how to approach this easily. Even though there is, I thought of numerous of fucking ways to end the game. Like, me, and I don't, I'm not even a game writer or a game developer. Mm-hmm. I thought of a better way to end the game. But, we'll get to that part at the end. Now, um, to continue on, um, the conclusion, to, uh, otherwise a great trilogy, but some of the reasons, some reasons are, that a new ending to Mass Effect 3 may or not may may or may not be likely in the game um, remaster trilogy. Um, they said the remaster talks of the remaster began in 2014 with Bioware's general manager at Edmund and Montreal Studios Aaron Flynn asked fans on the of the series on Neograph's forums. Naturally, fans um, asked for a revision of the controversial ending. The original indie saw Shepard choose control, synthesis, and refusal. Option to deal with the Reapers. Now, now I said I was going to get to that point. Here's the point of the three choices we got. Control saw Shepard become an AI and take over the Reapers. That means your Shepard dies. He turns into AI particles. And he takes over the Reapers. Okay. No one liked that one. Synthesis saw organics and synthetics merge, um, and the refuse. Um, and now that <sighs> my shepherd also died on that one. <laughs> Here's where I got the what the fuck at the end of that. Literally at the end credits, it goes back to the wreckage of the citadel. You just looking at it, and then let's say you see the um, the N seven dog tags and Shepard's chest going. <gasps> I should be fucking dead. I'm being vaporized, and we having synthetics and organics. Synthetics are AIs and robots, and organics is us humans and aliens combined. Like human elements. Yeah. I'm like, I Shepard should be fucking dead. Yeah. <laughs> Now, if his body was glowing green, okay, that makes sense on why Shepard comes back to life. But no, we saw him vaporize like we did with Control. 
Now, the last one is called Refusal. This allows the Reapers to reset organic life in the galaxy as they have done every 50,000 years. There was already an attempt to patch up the endings. Mass Effect 3 Extended Cut included new epilogues which tried to tie up the story a little bit better with the Citadel DLC served as a light comedic send-off to Shepard and his squadmates. This makes it appear more likely that the Mass Effect trilogy will attempt to restore cut um, Mass Effect content and add iterations and opportunities for the character development before the ending rather than change the ending itself. Now, this one goes into like speculate how the speculation of the of the remaster comes up, um, but I will leave uh, if um, leave off at this end of the article before we go right into talking about it. If anything, if nothing else, the endings are likely to be more visually impressive than in the original trilogy, which could often could, could soften the blow to fans hoping to see a revised ending. The, <laughs> no. The extent to which Bioware is willing to change the original trilogy in the name of remastering it. However, remain, it remains to be seen as um, many Mass Effect fans will be looking forward to N7 Day 2020 in the hopes that the remaster and its main features will be revealed soon. Now, me personally, leave it as is. Just keep the DLC and everything in there. Um... It is what it is. Um, the only cut content I would have loved to see in there. Um, originally, it was going to be Shepard, his squad mates, um, Commander Anderson going against the Elusive Man before the final battle. I mean, mm. not, not the final battle, the final choices. So which meant was um, Shepard would have his final words. Um... And your part, your squad mates will take Anderson's now lifeless body and they'll leave the Citadel. And the Normandy would be on the Citadel instead of on Earth. That's what I, that's what I was told. That's what it, um, in the art book for Mass Effect 3. Um, <laughs> I would have loved to fought the Lucid Man one final time. Instead of just, uh, just him getting shot and that's it. Or no, yeah. no, he blowing his own head off. And that was it. Now there is a choice that I never got. Um, Anderson still gets shot and killed, but both Shepard um, and Anderson shoot um, the elusive man. I never got that cut. I never got that that choice because it's, there's one mission in Mass Effect. It's the it's the Citadel DLC when mm-hmm. you're going against a clone clone version of yourself. I kept on picking Renegade options because I kept on getting fucking this they written this character too perfectly and this is also a problem I have with Ghost of Shishima where you first feel sympathetic to a certain character and then all of a sudden when you get further into it that character is now becoming annoying when you get to the height of, of the DLC to Mass Effect 3 that evil shepherd and his little bitch <laughs> it's so annoying. I you have to pick like there's a point before you kick your clone off your shit off the Normandy. Yeah, that's that is the renegade option. Instead of him slipping out your hands, you can just go like get off. It pull off a fucking um. Oh, I forgot the name of the Harrison Ford movie. Um, he's like get off my plane in Harrison. Ford. Oh, um, 
Air, uh, Air Force One? I think so. I think, I think, it, was, I think, it, I think it was just called Air Force One, yeah. Um, when Shepard says that line, but he kicks um, the clone off, and the clone slams, yeah. slams right into a building. <laughs> um, and then Brooks, she gets shot in the back by Shepard because she runs away. Now, if you don't pick that renegade option, your whoever's in your squad shoots her in the back. I thought mm-hmm. it was more beneficial for Shepard because she's the one who started it. So Shepard should be the one who just pops her in the back. Pop, pop. <laughs> just keep it. Keep it. It's the only cathartic moment. And I realized, oh, this is the final This is the final mission for the real final mission. And I uh, picked Renegade option. So, yeah. You can't, oh, you, no matter what, when you play these Mass Effect games, you're going to pick a Renegade option at least once. Oh, yeah. Because it's cathartic when you see, like, you see the good guy going through all this, and you're just like, it's normally when you replay the game. Yeah. Like, all right, I know what's going to happen, so I'm just going to pick this option right here. Mm-hmm. But now my question I pose to you, do you think they could re actually redo the um, ending or are they going to keep it as is? I I honestly think they're going to keep it as is. Because I feel like because of how controversial that ending is and how how much like shitstorm there is especially with this community right now. Yeah. I don't think they're going to want to do that. I think they're going to say, you know what, just leave it the same. And even that comment that you said, like, soften the blow with better graphics. <laughs> but, but I don't think they're going to actually change it. Because if they change it, whether or not some people are satiated, there will always be other people who won't be. And it's always going to be vocal, and there's always going to be, like, this whole controversy behind it. And I don't think right now the way things are... are Game companies are gonna want to take a risk like that. Yeah. <sighs> Especially after the first forty-eight hours of the game being out, after people have finished it, mm-hmm. um, and then start immediately like basically spoiling what the end's gonna be, and then that affecting other people from buying it. <sighs> well, I know, I know, pup. This is uh. <laughs> This is a um, a predicament. Um, it's a it's a weird one. I'll tell you this though: all of this Mass Effect talk has me literally like, damn! I legit want to start a Mass Effect run after this podcast. <laughs> but you have a mission, and it's not I know, gonna be, I know. it's not going to be Mass Effect. It's going to be, be Dragon Age. It's going to be Dragon Age, but it's also going to be Ghost of Tsushima when you finally get your hands on it. I know, that's why I'm honestly debating right now. I'm like, do I want to start Dragon Age or do I want to download Ghost of Tsushima right now? Play Tsushima because once you get into... You're not going to be playing anything else as soon as you start Tsushima. Um, yeah. Speaking of Dragon Age. Now, we both totally forgot about Gamescom. This was... All, all yeah, time. for real. Like, yeah, for fucking real we did. Like, holy shit. I told... I like... With everything that's going on, I like basically blanked on um, Gamescom, but Bioware, in a nice surprise in the opening live, it's called Gamescom Opening Night Live, Bioware has shown off our best look at Dragon Age 4. Um, it is a possibility that in these screenshots that we've seen, um, it could be the character Doria, Doria, damn it, Dorian and Isabella. 
And in one, we see which could be possibility of Isabella underwater. Like, are we legit going to get an underwater mission? <laughs> um, these screenshots look fucking amazing. Um, and it looks like we could possibly be like a clandestine team. Mm-hmm. Like, because in Dragon Age 1, you're in an army. Technically, you're the Great Warden with an army. You're building your faction. If y'all don't know what I'm like, talk, to equate it to Daenerys gathering our army to take over Westeros. Mm-hmm. That's just the Great Wardens, but on the more good side of it. Not what happens with Daenerys at the end of Game of Thrones. Sorry to throw the salt on the wound for you folks, but still. That's what happens. Now, in Dragon Age 2, it's, you see someone coming from poverty rising to prominence. And the Inquisition is more like any Inquisition in history. Um, it's just a force that it's a, a military force that's based on religion coming together as a think of the Inquisition in, in, in the, conquist, the Conquistador times or Spaniards invading well, Spaniards is actually a more better um, representation of fucking Inquisition. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Or um, the Crusades, if you will. <laughs> um, but those are the bad side of history. The Inquisition in the game is going against evil forces that ripped open the fate. Well, to be fair, nobody ever expects it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but towards the end of Dragon Inquisition, that's where those comparisons to real life comes in, where you have people now opposing the Inquisition because they're now a too strong enough military force. And there is a traitor amongst the ranks. No, it's not what me and Christian talked about a couple of episodes back. Where if you do not choose properly, Iron Bull, voiced by Freddy Freddy's Jr., will portray you in the final DLC. <laughs> so I gave you that warning, I'm giving you the warning again. Okay. You don't want that, you don't want that emotional gut punch, man. I don't. I don't. Well, to be fair, when I do start playing Dragon Age, supposedly it should be with a backseat gamer. Yes, that's what we was ten supposed to do, but Desi is dead is on the rise, coming out of his grave on Twitch. So that's maybe a little bit hard. Yeah, exactly. No, it's all good. We could eventually set up a cross Twitch thing. I don't know. We'll find out. Now, um, to the article before we move on to control and what the fuck they're doing. Um. It said, um, we'll, while we still don't see have an official official title, which is true, we got um, several snippets from in-game footage showing a beautiful new magic fuse environment, at least one large new city, one large new city. Damn, that sentence is weird. All right. This all can be set within Tevinter, the Tevinter Emporium, which I know, which you'll know soon. Um, Tevinter Emporium is a city that's ruled by magic. Think Harry Potter, but is they use blood magic in this world. Got it. Um, and they do have a Pope. Now, there is the Pope um, in the Dragon Age world, but it's normally a woman. And to venture Imperium, it's a man like the real world. Um, now, they also said that what we got what could be the first peak of the game's main character 
and presumably party members such as Darwin and Bolera. Um, those are two names that we finally got. Um, they're technically within the lore of the, uh, of the novels and the comic books, so which would be technically the first time characters from um, books are being put in. Well, other games have done that, but in terms of Dragon Age, characters from the books are being put into the game. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the pieces of concept art showed an underwater scene what looks to be a, must- a mustache Dorian um, which many characters hope he does return in Dragon Age as well as a, a character that looks like Isabella from Dragon Age 2 um, this wouldn't be surprising if they bring back th- those two characters because every Dragon Age game had a returning character either in the party or they just recurring characters um, Cullen who's in Dragon Age Origins, he becomes um, the head of your military force in the Inquisition. He has a, a journey that starts with Origin all the way up. Um, wow. Alistair has a journey as well. Um, when you get to Dragon Inquisition, depending on your choices, by Inquisition, Alistair can die. Mm, okay. Um, so can the main character from Dragon Age Two, Hawk. They can die. Um, characters can leave if you do bad enough bad choices. Party members can leave the game forever. Um, and what's the what's great about um, Bioware? What they have done before. They have called Dragon's Keep. So if you never played the game before, if you let's say Dragon Age 4 came out this fall, you never played a Dragon Age game. They'll go through every bit of history of the game and you can make your own choices. Save it when you start your game. Link your account, your Dragon's Keep account to your game and that story that you made will go right into the game. Damn, that's pretty cool. That way you don't have to go through like an entire huge back campaign of multiple games before you can even understand what's going on in the one that you start from. Yep. Um, the only downside is they couldn't um, get the save files from gamers from Dragon Age Origins and 2. So everyone who... they um, What's cool, with every Dragon Age game they do, they show you like if you replaying... If you replayed the game the first go around, it showed you your choices at the end of the game. Mm, so okay. you can go like, all right, I did this, 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 and this, and this. So when I do Dragon's Keep, I will put my choices, what I did in those games, into Dragon's Keep, so the game recognize that. Okay. And the name of your warden still carry your name of your warden and your hawk, if it's male or female, will carry over. Okay. Which that's which is really which is really cool. I like I always like that, and I, and I hope they keep that. Nice. Um, also, according to Bioware developers, this game will explore a main character who is powerless in a world where people, um, where the people in charge don't want to address the issues of the day. Mm. I'm going to say we're going to get some hint of slavery. Okay. This I wouldn't be surprised if the main character starts as a slave, which slavery is a big thing in Tevinter. Um, Krim who's in Dragon Age um, Inquisition, he was a former slave as well. But at the time, okay. he um, he was a woman who was transitioning to be a man 
but in Tevinter, he was treat he was treated very poorly. Mm. So it gets Dragon is get that deep. Okay. They use real world issues in their game, so that's how that's how that's why I like about Dragon Age. Um, the only thing they don't show, and I, I'm kind of I'm pretty sure they like they don't want to tiptoe on that, is racism. Yeah. But still, there is technically racism because you still got people who don't like elves. So that's I mean, isn't in that's not technically mm-hmm. racist. Isn't in a way isn't slavery like kind of tied in with that in a way? Well, not tied in, but it's definitely a theme of it. Yeah, but in Dragon Age world, it doesn't matter if you're black, white, or an elf. Oh, okay. If you're poor, you're going into slavery. Okay. So that's the so one. very much like very much like below the poverty line in America now. I'm just joking. Basically, basically. So I wouldn't be surprised if they if um if Bioware takes a little bit of what's going on with um, today's bio- politics and put it into the game they did before, and I wouldn't be surprised now. Yeah, true. That's very much. I mean, shit. Even the whole thing of Andromeda was basically Elon Musk, the space story. Yep. Except for the Elon Musk s character dies before the fucking game starts, and right. Elon Musk is still alive. So, moot point. <laughs> um, Elon Musk needs to shut his mouth. Now to our last topic. Control has a free August update which will add improved checkpoints and difficulty settings. Now, I have mentioned before I have passed control. Uh-huh. Reading this, I want to say, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Because I was reading this thing and then, then I said, fuck you. <laughs> like, seriously, Remedy. You have said in the past that you was did not, you was not going to put in a difficulty setting, and now close to a year and a half, you're going to add it. What the fuck? I was getting my ass whooped left and fucking right in this game. <laughs> now, yes, I I trucked through. I have unlocked. I'm a, I two trophies away from a platinum. And the only reason I'm not going to replay it because I have to restart the whole fucking game to start the, at the start. There's two trophies where I have to do two uh, specific challenges in order to get the platinum. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not going through that fucking slog all over again. <laughs> I got all the, ex- the all the secret uniforms, all the secret costumes for Jesse. No, 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 no. No, I'm not playing this game. Now, I might play the DLCs. Mm-hmm. But replaying the whole game, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you. All right, god damn it. Now, let me go on to now. I say what I have to say. My anger is now somewhat subsided, but it's still angry. <laughs> there it is. Along with Alan Wake themed DLC, Control will receive a free update that will make the game more accessible and customizable. Control's next major DLC is right around the corner with the release date of August 27th. Update, the DLC is out now on all platforms. And as is the free update, which is outlined below. Which is technically, I jumped on Ghost of Tsushima actually Friday morning. The Control DLC was already up. Okay. Uh, well, 
the update. I have not bought the Alan Wake um, theme DLC. <clears throat> in the tweet, um, they said not only the AWE, the Alan Wake event, but it means the AWE means something else. I forgot. The Alter World event. There we go. Um, we'll launch this week, August 27th, but we're, all, we're also releasing a free August update featuring unlockable multi-launch ability. They could have fucking had... What, what launch means, you're flying, you're levitating in the air. Uh-huh. There's a specific skill tree that they did not add into the game that they're now finally adding into the game. Like a, like a skill tree that affects that? Yes. To make and they didn't have that before? No. Weird. I would imagine there would be one for something like that. Yeah. Um, a launch ability to upgrade additional checkpoints added to various fights. Um, added contr- now, this one, all right, I, I, I can, I'm kind of going to agree. Added control points closer to boss fights in all-new assist mode. All right. Now, before I, it's going to go through um, breaking down each one, but I'll say this. Cool. Because when you, when you die in a boss fight, it starts you at the beginning of the level. Now, yes, enemies that led up to the boss fight are cleared out, so you can just run back to the boss fight. But it's still the simple fact is you're, you were starting from the beginning of the map to go all the way back towards the boss. Damn. Now this one, I didn't know. I didn't question it. It happened. I had <laughs> the boss at an inch of his health left. The floor just literally gave way. I died. I soon as, as soon as I reappeared, it triggered. Oh, I beat the boss. What the fuck? I was like. All right, I'll accept it. All right, I technically didn't kill that boss. That was just a weird ass glitch. Yeah, I'll fuck it, and it gave me the trophy. <laughs> All right, I'll accept that. As the one glitch, I will accept. <laughs> but thank you for giving. Like, it's too a little too late for me though. It's like I would have loved for this control points to be already added into the game where I had like I would have probably been done a lot more quicker like I think mm-hmm. I, I think I clocked in at close to 38 hours maybe 20 29 30 hours <clears throat> but still that because that's me dying coming back dying coming back right <sighs> this is on the this is more worse than fucking Fallen Order really yeah uh, many reviews of Control note that some Tell of the me with a good time. <laughs> uh, many of Control's uh, more challenging fights require a run back and try again. So combat that Remedy has added more control points that will allow you to, like I said before, you have to run back to said fucking boss. Has added more control points that allow you to save the game and respawn as well as explicit checkpoints in the middle of certain sections of the game. The update also adds a multi-launch ability upgrade, which will allow the protagonist Jesse to throw um, even to throw more coffee pots, chunks of concrete, and radiators at her orange foes. Hmm. Okay. So basically, I can already throw shit at people. Mm-hmm. 
Now, I was already throwing coffee pots. Like, there's only like a few coffee pots in the map anyway. Mm -hmm. I'm Alright, by this point, me bitching about that would be nitpicky. I'm, I'll move on. <laughs> uh, perhaps the most important aspect of the update comes in the form of a new assist mode, which will give players quite a few accessibility options, which would include enhanced aim assist, note multipliers for damage received, and an energy bar re um, re um, regeneration, as well as an all-out immortality mode for those tough sections. It also adds a sprint toggle because everybody loves holding. Nobody doesn't love holding down the shift button for a straight minute, mm -hmm. which would have been. <laughs> Why did I play the game a month, two months ago? <laughs> The AWE expansion will also be available for the DLC, for the base game, and um, it's also included in Control's Ultimate Edition. That version of the game will unlock on Steam at 8 a.m. p.m. 11 a.m. Eastern on August 27th, which recently has passed. With, an AW, with AWE should hit PS4 and Xbox One just a few hours later at 3 p.m. on August 26th which was basically three days ago. Mm -hmm. uh, while controls received quite a bit of acclaim at launch, Remedy has fallen under criticism in recent days because it would not offer a free upgrade to the PS5 and Xbox Series X for all owners of Control, only those who purchased the game $40 Ultimate Edition, which would include everything that we mentioned right here, but also which um, all the DLC will receive a free up next-gen upgrade. Huh. Yeah. That's good, at least. No, it's not. Cyberpunk is the... Um, Cyberpunk Did I hear that wrong? I feel like I heard that very wrong. Okay. To give an example, you know how Cyberpunk said, if you purchase the game on the PS4, you get a free upgrade to the PS5? Right. Um, Remedy is not doing that. I misheard this. I misheard this. Then, no. What the fuck? Why not? <laughs> you fuck need, that. You need to purchase the game again for forty. The ultimate ah. edition for forty dollars in order to get the free upgrade to the PS Five. That's not a free upgrade, then. What the fuck? Yeah. So basically, you're just buying the same game on the on the on this current gen console for forty dollars again after spending sixty dollars for it the first go around. Just to get a free upgrade to the PS5 and Xbox Series X version. Yeah, I would not consider that shit a free upgrade then. <laughs> like, you're charging me $40 to upgrade. That's how that ends up. It's a roundabout way, but you're charging $40 to upgrade. That's what it ends up being. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Very ridiculous. <sighs> We're in it right here. <laughs> I super misheard that for some reason. Uh, it's all good. We're just going to end right here. Once again, thank you for listening to the Giant Games with a Robot podcast here on either SoundCloud or Spotify. Come soon to Twitcher. Twitcher. Twitch. T Stitcher. Jesus Christ. To, to, to Twitcher. Oh, man. I'm, I'm, I was just I just named like seven fictional <laughs> alternate universe streaming services. Like you name the streaming services that they put in movies and TV shows. When they can't directly name those services. Yeah. Yeah. Um, once again, thank you for listening to this episode. Um, it was a, um, our shortest by an hour and 20 minutes. 
Probably, yeah. Um, wow. I'm, I'm flattered. See what happens when we don't hit that many tangents? Yeah, <laughs> that, that is true. That is true. And we didn't pull off what we did on the Night Owl show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I'm not going to repeat what I said on that episode, but I will say this. Press on with pride. Press on with purpose. Once again, RIP to one Chadwick Boseman. Peace, y'all.